This episode is dedicated to victims of the Manchester terror attack. You are listening to The Forecast, India Edition, Season 1, Episode 2. cross and it comes to Nathaniel Klein ordering some time to break the duck storage again Emre Can good step it's not a bad effort from the German well that's on towards Bamford and Bamford's gone down looking for a penalty and he's not going to get one Coutinho again will take over onto Sturridge lovely turn Sturridge it's just the wrong side of the post Firmino, lovely, Wijnaldum, Ginny Wijnaldum for Liverpool! That's the goal they wanted! Liverpool's season started with a sensational Coutinho free kick. Now he's lucky to round off the season with one. Oh, he's done it, you know! Coutinho gives Liverpool clear daylight! It's Lallana, he's picked out Fabio. Lallana again, Wijnaldum, oh Lallana! That's it now for Liverpool! A place amongst Europe's elite awaits! Manager who's been taking the applause. It's all come down to this game. How does it feel to be back in the Champions League now? Very good. Big relief. Big, big, big relief, of course. All intense here. So, um, yeah. at the end, of course, not everything worked out by the law, and um, I really think that this is a wonderful sign for all of us. What what's possible? This is outstanding. Welcome to the Forecast India episode two. The Forecast is the official podcast of Four Fields of Enfield Road. We are at www.4site, that's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E dot com. A great international community of reds full of news, opinion pieces, match reports, player ratings, videos, this podcast. Hey, you name it, we have it. If you haven't already checked us out yet, what are you waiting for? Drop by. We have um, high level fan engagement on our site, 10,000 plus comments per month. Um, so it's a pretty good place to be and you are welcome to visit us at any time. I'm so glad to kick off the second India edition of The Forecast. Um, and I'd like to welcome on the show again, Amir. Say hi, Amir. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Amir, Amir is from uh, Gujarat. And uh, say hi, Dave. Say hi, Dave. Okay, Dave doesn't... Hello, everyone. Yeah, okay, he's quite shy. He doesn't want to say hi. Okay, hi, Dave. <laughs> Dave is also from uh, uh, Gujarat. Uh, we have uh, Shankar. I'm creeping my fingers crossed that he's still online. Shankar, say hi, Shankar. Uh, good evening, everyone. Great, loud and clear. Fantastic. Shankar's, uh, Shankar's from uh, uh, Chennai, but um, I've decided to call him Shanks because, you know, it's cool to have Shanks on, on your show. Okay. We have a special guest joining us today, and his name is Aditya. He's actually from uh, one of our regular commenters on our site as well. Say hi, Aditya. Hey, guys. Nice to be on. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, Aditya, um, where where are you based right now? So I'm in London right now, but I'm from Bangalore. Ah, great. So we've got two lads from Gujarat, one guy from Chennai and uh, one guy from uh, Bangalore. Um, someone on Facebook, when he, when he heard the first forecast India, um, heaped some coals on my head and says, why, why don't I have any representation from uh, Kolkata? And, uh, and, I, and I asked, are you volunteering? And then he disappeared. <laughs> so, Kolkata is a football crazy state. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's exactly the reason why um, uh, you know, he, was, he was asking. Um, guys, um, we're going to hear a, a, a piece of music really, really very soon. Um, and it's it's something that we've all missed for a long, long time. How cool is that? And how much have we missed it? Very much. Very much so, isn't it? Hey. Sorry. It, it feels like ages since we heard that music. Yeah, ages too long, too long. Mm-hmm. But we're finally back home. Um, it was uh, to the edge of the seat, um, you know, right up to the last game of the season. Very much uh, our own doing um, in coming to this, putting ourselves in this position. But boy, did we deliver in the in the final game uh, against uh, uh, Barra. Uh, what uh, were your uh, take takeaways uh, from the game? And we'll start this off with Amir. Uh, well, first of all, we don't do it the easy way, ever. Never. Second, uh, yeah, uh, we never gave up in that Boro game. You know, with City scoring uh, four times in the first half, Arsenal scoring early. Uh, we delivered in the pressure moments, yep. and that's what counts. So, yeah, good job to the boys. You know, they stuck up to the task and did it. Yeah, exactly. They did it. They did it. They really did it. Um, Dev, um, what did you get from that game? It was awesome. It was awesome. Like Genie again stepping up in the big game. Coutinho, awesome. Everyone like they delivered when it mattered the most. Yeah. And there was there was a bit of performance issue. I didn't watch the entire game, but in the first half, as uh, people were commenting on our live game cafe, yep. there was a bit of performance issue, but they delivered. Yeah, they did. Um, Shankar. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, actually for the first 45 minutes, I thought we are not going to score. It was totally, we've been trying and trying, we've been hitting them out, but we're not able to penetrate. I thought maybe this one of those days, we will never score again. But suddenly, Vinja, he just blasted. There was some power in his shot. Uh, from that moment, it was again like West Ham game. I just felt we are going to rock them, we are going to score more goals. It was an amazing thing. Maybe this will help our boys to handle those pressure situations when we reach that Champions League final next year. Yeah, you know when I tell you when Ginny scored that that ultra power shot. You know the the only thing I could hear was this. <laughs> it's like you could literally cut the tension at Anfield with a knife. I think. Um, uh, did you what when you before you before you came did you come into the game confident or did, were you feeling relatively settled in within yourself that you know we're going to pull through uh i thought we would definitely pull through but i mean like i was a little worried because middlesbrough were kind of the teams we've been struggling against of late 
So I was a little apprehensive, but you know, full faith in the boys. I knew we'd probably nick a goal, but I didn't expect that second half we would just go completely berserk. That was a really, really nice performance under pressure, superb job. Really loved the game. Yeah, it was. It was. It did turn out to be a good game at the end. And I said, I think I dropped a comment in the LGC as well. Um, and I said, once that goal had been scored, um, I said, that's the end. Bora did. They are really dead in the second half because it came at a really critical period uh, towards the end of the first half. And it was also the manner of the goal. I mean, I think they had to, to replace the netting <laughs> at the end there. Um, fantastic, amazing. Um, you know, uh, the boys really uh, did a job. Um, there's one thing, though. When you look at the game, in that first half, that tension and that anxiety and that, you know, restlessness was just slowly steadily building up wasn't it it seems as if very few people were actually paying attention to the game they were all on their mobile devices um you know paying attention to the arsenal game um and city were were, were running riot as well um you know it it didn't really contribute to a very conducive environment the the, the, the crowd weren't really focusing on uh, what was in front of them Amir, do you think that that played a part? Yeah, of course it did. I mean, there have been so many false dawns uh, the past few years. Uh, the attention was palpable. Uh, you could, you know, sense it from the ground. Uh, you know, even when you're in front of a TV, you could see that, you know, the there was some tension in the ground. And once that would went in, you know, the tension evaporated. And we knew that they, they needed to come out now. So we, have, uh, we were, you know, always in stronger position after we scored. But the tension was, yep, you could see that that there was some tension during that first half uh, until we scored that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave, did you, how were you feeling uh, like as the, as the minutes ticked by in the first half and um, nothing was happening really? And I think Borough also were parking some buses there. So how did you, how, how were you trying to, how were you reconciling this within yourself? Is it, okay, how much did you flop from, okay, they're, they're bottling it now to, you know, feeling confident. Dave? Okay, let's go to Shankar then. Yeah, uh, you, uh, till the 10 minutes of the game, I was really calm and cool. I knew we were going to score some four or five goals. Uh, but once the, the time started ticking, and especially Arsenal and City scored, you, you didn't bother about City game, but when Arsenal scores, and it's really starting to go down now. Uh, and especially till the 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I, I never thought we were going to score again. Yeah. So, we've we, we, we been uh, having that banner that we saw the man, we expected to believe, we are believer now. But that belief still is not ingrained in our blood. We, we are believer, but we still have doubts. Maybe after a season of winning some trophy or uh, getting to another two finals and uh, winning an FA Cup, or a league, you will totally become a believer. Now I say everybody is seventy percent believer and thirty percent still anxious. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know, turning doubters into believers. Um, Dev, are you back online? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. And uh, like, yeah. uh, you asked me the question. Yeah. Uh, I had the faith in team. Like uh, I was saying, this team thrives on pressure. They eat pressure for breakfast, and they love this kind of games, big games. This, this was not a big team, but definitely a big game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, despite the performance in the first half, uh, we were nowhere 
like we wanted to be good but the moment i switch on the game luckily i got a link and jinne uh, scored that rocket goal it it was awesome goal by the way and uh, yeah the crowd they need to do better when you are in the stadium you need to cheer up the team irrespective of the other team how they are playing what's the performance you need to cheer up yeah yeah well i'm not sure i'm not exactly sure whether they are a team that um, that th- completely thrives um under under pressure but uh, that pressure was well and truly on on the on the, on the lads uh, to pull through um i did hear which um, which player um caught your eye do you think um in terms of uh, performance who really stepped up to the plate and delivered uh is it specific to this game yep the middlesbrough game um so obviously you know special mention to uh, wynaldum for scoring that opening goal i really think i really really think that sealed the fate of the game yeah. but also a special mention to continue as well because i think once that second goal went in i really I, I was literally in tears. I knew that. I knew this game was in the bag. I really didn't think we would concede a goal. So, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to say special mentions to any players, but I did think that Wijnaldo and Coutinho did step up in the game. Right. Yeah. Special mentions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And also a shout out to Lalana as well. Fantastic third goal. I mean, you could see his his effort um, and his hard work paying off not only um, throughout the game, but also for that goal when he you know he won the header challenged i think by two or three triple teamed i think he was um and still won the header as well as you know making the shot that 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 um you know really sealed uh, the champions league uh, uh, spot for us um I also think Firmino as well because uh, there was this for the first goal the assist uh, i know he was getting pulled down but he was being moved sideways and he managed to make that pass on to vinaldo uh, which is which is something else i mean it was a simple pass but he was under pressure to make that pass so yeah good job what do you what do you think of this storage for mino partnership we've touched it touch upon this topic i think on the last forecast global show and um it was a kind of a mixed reaction with regards to whether storage and formino are a better partnership then said um origi and starich and origi um what do you think about this where do you stand on this do you think formin stadge and formino works together or you think stadge and origi is better um i think that's a hard one i don't i, I think it's a good partnership but i don't think it's a cutting edge partnership i just don't think Firmino has the pace or the killer instinct to be the perfect second striker mm. just to play off Sturridge so i think i think maybe somebody else so if you remember going back to our Suarez Sturridge partnership that was because both of them had a bit of pace a bit of trickery which Firmino does yep. but i just don't know if he has enough of it so i i think i i think the partnership can work but i think it can be improved as well yeah yeah Well, um I guess now uh, at this point of time future of storage is um is a big uh, is a huge question mark. Um I'm not going to explore that um so much on this show. I mean, we talked about it quite a number of times. Um it just today I saw somebody um uh, post a tweet um saying that that's one of uh well, two two of the two of Klopp's main dilemmas uh, at the at the end of this season. Um the first one is if to keep or sell storage um and the second one was uh 
to continue if Minule would continue as a number one. Um, and I replied that actually they are both not a dilemma. Um, the first one being if um, Sturridge is able to accept some form of a pay-as-you-play and able to understand um, his situation and you know still be able to contribute and is okay with that, then it seems like a no-brainer that we would keep him. And for the second one, I think Minule has, has done just about enough to suggest that he should continue um, as, an, as the number one goalkeeper. In any case, next season, there will be more competitions um, you know, to rotate between um, you know, Mignole and uh, Karius. Uh, I mean, would you agree with that assessment or do you, do you have a different view? No, I think uh, Mignole has you know, earned uh, his right to you know, be the number one next season. Uh, so I think he should be the number one next season, going into the next season. Mm-hmm. Also, I would like to touch upon the Chan contract thing. Uh, uh, it's imperative that we give him the new deal. Yep. Uh, sorry, his question is important. Uh, McDonald's question is important. But I think Chan needs to be tied down. Yep. Uh, that, you know, that's imperative for me because he has shown this season that he can he can be that sole defensive midfielder yep. uh, that can, you know, dominate games. He can go box to box. He can pass. He can shoot. Or at least he has shown that uh, he has uh, that you know quality to do all those things. Yeah. I think it's imperative that we tie Chan down. Yeah. And as far as number one goes, I think Mignolet should be number one without question. Karius is still young. Yeah. He'll learn from him. Uh, he'll challenge him. He'll only make both of them better. So yeah, going forward, Mignolet is my number one. Does anyone else um, want to challenge these two points? Has any opposing views on this? I just want to add on your insight. You guys, I, th- I also think we should bring back uh, Danny Ward. He's been really good on loan as well. I would think he'd be a good third option to have. I, I mean, we don't really know how good Karius is. He's barely played. We know Mignole. I mean, he's earned the right to be around, but we know he's inconsistent. Might be good to have a third option is all I'm thinking. Yeah, I want to agree on that because... Uh, Karius was uh, number two keeper in Germany uh, before we came, he came here. And Danny Ward is still has, a, has to learn something. Uh, one thing is that in uh, Premier League will be very good for him. And uh, if Adelspeed uh, gets promoted, you will have full uh, chances to play full uh, full season in Premier League. So that will be good for him. We don't have to rush and uh, bring him back now. Let's mix mix prove that he can be a better keeper. In fact, the stats is backing up. Uh, he's been improved. Uh, I think all over the, uh, all the aspects of his goalkeeping, goalkeeping has been improved. Uh, he has more than 97% success in all the aspects of the goalkeeping this season compared to the last season. So I think we should continue as the first choice. And we still have, we still can use carriers on the cup games and the odd league game. And let uh, Ward stay at Huddersfield and get him experience in playing the Premier League or a full full season of Premier League. Yeah, he, yeah, he he does seem to be a little bit more commanding as well. I mean, he's he's a bit more bold. He's catching more than he's punching. His punching is pretty good actually, um, but surprisingly to see that he's actually catching more balls. Um, he's also looking more commanding in the area. Um, I'm not say I'm hundred percent convinced about you know um, defending from set pieces or co- especially corners. Um, that's also very much a responsibility not just of the goalkeeper but also you know, um, defend the defenders. And this whole question about, you know, the effectiveness of zonal marking versus um, man-to-man, um, this thing is, is still coming up, um, uh, cropping its head up again and again. It's a good shout there, you know, um, sending 
perhaps getting Ward back, Danny Ward back, and being the number two to Mignolet, and sending Karius the other way out, going to Huddersfield. That could be, that could be interesting because I'm sure David Wagner will, you know, wouldn't mind having Karius start as his, as his uh, starting keeper, and Karius would get all the exposure that he would need. Not sure, of course, whether Huddersfield are going to get promoted or not. They have their playoff game, right? Um, not sure. Against Reading, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, Reading. Yeah, not sure when, when that is, but um, I think it should be fairly soon. Sunday. So this weekend, yeah? Yep. Okay. Uh, is that only one one tie? More than one game? Or yeah, yeah, one tie. It's a straight shoot. Yeah, a straight shoot, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, all the best to them. I mean, I think it'd be great that um, Klopp has his pal joining him in the in the Premier League, uh, and uh, maybe maybe that that could work. Um, well, let's talk about let's talk about our centre back pairing, okay? Um, first and foremost, um, Dave, did you think that was a penalty? I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't watch the entire game, so I cannot comment on that. Okay. There are actually a lot of memes, but. I'm sorry. No worries, but um, okay. Um, I did hear you watch the whole game. I'm guessing. Did you think there was a penalty for Bamford? Uh, so when I first saw it, uh, I did think it was a penalty, and we were lucky not to, you know, concede one. Yeah. But then when I watched the replay, I I, I kind of saw that uh, it wasn't it wasn't a penalty, and the reason I think so is because Lovin wasn't you know tugging him down. Yep. Obviously, he was he was holding his ground and he was running back. Yep. And so when Bamford ran in behind him, I just I just barely think that it was uh, just you know contact. I really don't think there was any intention behind the contact or malicious intent behind the contact. So I really don't think it was a penalty. I think the referee came out and said it as well that he didn't give the penalty because uh, he believes Bamford stopped stopped in Lovren's path and therefore got knocked over as opposed to you know uh, as, as opposed to. Uh, being fouled by Lovren, so I, I didn't think it was a penalty. No, it seems like he was trying to sell one there to the ref. I mean, he, he was looking, kind of looking for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, <laughs> you you would want to. Yeah. We might just have conceded that one heart and mouth moment, Jerry. Yeah, he would have. He would have. I'm not sure whether he would have changed the game, but certainly, you know, it would have give, given uh, Barra a little bit more belief. Yeah, I also thought that. Bamford moved in front, uh, moved across in front of um, Lovren. And basically, there was there was nothing he could do, really. Um, and he kind of like after that, you know, really as if he had a giant magnet on his chest and, you know, a polar attraction to the, to the ground. There and he just flopped down there. And, uh, but no, con- no penalty. Seemed like the correct decision. Not, didn't seem like that at the first instance. But hey, we've seen those given... Before it's kind of a fifty-fifty, yeah. So it if, it, if it was given, it's not just a penalty. I think it's a straight red and a penalty. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we were kind of yeah, fortunate there. What do you think? Actually, of, yeah, yeah. Actually, Martin, uh, Martin Atkinson was actually one of the top-rated referees in England as of now. Mm. Uh, if, if if it was any other referee, he would have definitely sent off Lauren and uh, would have given a penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was closely watching that question. See, uh, that that guy, I, I I forgot his name. He he just cut forward of Lauren. Lauren did Bamford, tuck his yeah, shoulders, Bamford. but that didn't. Uh, it was just a slight pull. He didn't pull him hard. 
there was just a slight touch on his shoulders yeah. but that guy used that and he stopped in front of lauren and just fell down that's it and law and atkinson was watching that clearly he said okay he clearly saw the situation and he decided it was not a penalty mm-hmm. if it was a referee and given our luck you were definitely sent off lauren and would have given a penalty right right right, right. Um, Amir, what do you think of this centre-back pairing right now, Matip and uh, uh, Lovren? You know, um, when we finally we finally get both of these guys fit, right, Matip and Lovren, um, for the final few games, and we've kept five clean sheets in six, five clean sheets in six. So still won't work, man. No, uh, in, not convinced. Uh, we have to put it simply. It just won't work with Lovren. But if you know, uh, in long term, he's, he we need to find someone better than Lovren. I'm sorry, but we do. Uh, if anyone disagrees, I don't have any problem with that. But personally, so, so I don't think, think Lovren, Lovren is, is the, the way forward. You think Lovren is the weak link between the two? Yep, he is definitely. I mean. Uh, I'll be bold. Uh, I just don't like him. Yeah, as a squad player, uh, as a third choice, it's good to have him. But uh, going forward, we need a better centre back than uh, Lovren. Uh, with him, it's uh, you know one step forward, two step back. Uh, we do need a new centre back. I'm sorry, but that's just my opinion. Uh, he's not good enough to start games for us. Uh, he looks good in two games, but then uh, the next three he looks a weak link. Uh, we don't. We need consistency in that area, and you you saw by uh, the way we considered goals. You know uh, what? What forty five fifty goals we considered this season? Mm-hmm. That's not good enough, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone else is um, going to stand in the corner of Lovren, though? Yeah, uh, I I do like him actually. If you checked in, he won. Uh, I talked about ninety six real duels. Mm-hmm. He won about sixty one percent of that. and that is actually uh, uh, good good stack uh, considering that we are weaker at uh, defending corners and set piece balls uh, the problem with lovren is he tends to panic a lot mm. and uh, he is definitely not good uh, good guy to uh, clear that last dish tackle uh, lovren is a guy who can be a psychic but he is definitely not a guy who can lead your defensive line uh, he doesn't have the defensive ability or the assured defensive uh, like kara or sami or aga Uh, and he gets to injure a lot so we have fitness issues otherwise lauren can be a psychic but you definitely not a first choice okay so what i'm hearing right now from you guys is basically we need an upgrade in uh, central defense um obviously uh, virgil van dijk is a name that's always been seem to be linked with us um of late um uh, kolebali from napoli has also been being linked um Uh, with us, um, you know the transfer uh, bullshitometer is in full effect, <laughs> this, uh, as expected. Um, I don't know whether you guys read that uh, we're now being linked with Ika Casillas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. can you believe that? Absolute rubbish. Is it really rubbish? Uh, someone, someone said that he's a good uh, replacement for Mandinga. Yeah, that's me. I said that. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, just think about it for a sec. Okay, yeah, of course, from the outset, you think this is such, such nonsense, right? But maybe um, Klopp did say that you know he he's looking for people with experience. Uh, you know, they act as that st- stability rudder um, for the team, which is actually the same reason why he actually signed Alex Manager. Um, perhaps is goodbye, Alex Manager, and hello, um, Casillas. 
I don't know. It's just a theory. I, I didn't say it was a good theory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to come here and be a squad player. He's too big a player. You know, he's he's a legend of the game. Uh, I don't think he's going to come here and sit on the bench. Uh, I can't see that, and I can't see him starting. Uh, he, he, you know, he used to always struggle uh, against the crosses and everything. Mm. And in this league, you need to be stronger in those areas. Uh, so, uh, if he comes, I think he'll be a starter. Uh, I don't think he'll come, but I don't think he'll come here to just sit on the bench. Mm. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Okay, okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about um, a great servant of the club um, who may be leaving. It uh, seems like all the pre-match talk and even the post-match talk with him receiving the 21-year um, you know, uh, long service award and a gold watch probably from Kenny Dalglish um, at the end of the game. Um, Lucas Lever, um, he's on a plane right now. I don't know whether they've already landed in Sydney. Um, it could be his final... Swan song, hurrah. Do you think we should keep him? He still has a year left on his contract. Definitely. Dev, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we should definitely keep him. Uh, like, uh, we will have definitely have lots of uh, games next season with Champions League in hand. And in FA Cup, League Cup, he's a player I would definitely like to start each of those games. Like, Wow. Okay. That's also, just to add on, right, I really think like he's the perfect blend. I mean, as you said, Klopp said he wants experience. There you go. So much experience, willing to sit on the bench, you know, willing to like fulfill different positions. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't keep him. He knows, he knows this club. He bleeds the club. He, I, I think I think it'll be great to keep him around. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether he's happy to be sitting on the bench, but... Um, the, the experience thing. Would we be losing a lot if Lucas leaves, uh, Shankar? No. Uh, no, no I, I don't think what kind of role he can play, uh, play next year. See, if, if we take him in the squad, we will be blocking one uh, one slot for an extra. We could use an academy lad, we could promote an academy lad and uh, let him have that experience. Hmm. Uh, I don't think Lucas adds anything else to the team. We, we are going to buy another defender for you. My first choice will be Matip and uh, defender, and second choice is Lauren, and third we have Klavan. Mm-hmm. And we can uh, uh, throw some academy lad, and I heard that Kevin Stewart is le- uh, leaving, and so we need, uh, we can, um, if, we, if, if Kevin Stewart was able to play some more games in place of Lucas, he would have stayed, he would have developed a bit more. That's my three. I think Lucas has been with us for the past 10 years, he, he's, he's a good servant, he, he did a good job when he was asked. I think it's time to cash in on him. Even if you get two million, three million for him, just sell him and give the academy lad a chance to play. That's my point. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, fairly divided opinion on this. Huh? Some people say you know we should avoid sentimentality and just let him go. And, and what you said, Shankar, uh, he kind of you know if he stays, he impedes the development of other um, players. But on the flip side, letting him go is, you know, you, you're letting a lot of that experience go. Um, he hasn't really been that great this season. Uh, he has had some good games. Um, definitely not as a centre-back, though. <laughs> so, no, he should never play centre-back again. No way. Yeah, Everybody is talking about experience. 
and maybe that 10 years he was not a regular even when rafa was here he was not a regular i don't know what kind of experience people are talking if you are talking about an experienced center back uh, kara was an experienced center back and uh, he was not uh, an experienced even def- experienced defensive midfielder he had one good season uh, under kenny davish as a very good defensive midfielder unfortunately he got injured on that curtail uh, season after that he was never that good uh he, he he just as you i don't think game wise he doesn't have a experience like uh, other guys have mm-hmm. i agree yeah but the only thing is if he does leave we don't really have anybody else you know who's been around at the club for so long most the club and i just think that makes makes a difference for like the youngsters who come through and to keep generally the bench and the team motivated and happy and pushing forward like you need somebody senior to do that you need somebody senior who can like talk to everyone and play a second role to the manager as well in the dressing room i, I just don't see anybody else like we don't have anybody else who served for so long so we don't really have any club stalwarts apart from lopez left which is the, which is the, one of the reasons i think he should be around well hendo hendo seems to be doing that um ra ra cheerleader job at the back i mean lalana said that his presence in the club um has was actually quite critical uh in the in the run up to 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 the close of the season um despite him being injured and recovering um you know he was he was fulfilling a really important role in you know cheering up the 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 lads you know for the for the for the for the for the end of the season um then of course you have fellas like Minole um who's been who's been around who's been at the club for some time as well right at least 4 years is that right 4 years 5 years um not as long yeah, as Lucas he was signed on the sign yeah he's quite yeah, a meek fellow he, he doesn't talk so much so, but uh, uh, so i'm not sure how effective a motivator he is though Shankar, you're saying? Yeah, he actually mixed for signed by Rodgers during the second season, I think. He was quite a bit experienced. He knows the Anfield pressure. He can't uh, uh, talk to the Angolans. And don't forget, now Stevie is back uh, in, in a coaching role in the academy. So, especially uh, the youngsters can go to Stevie. They can talk to him about Anfield. He's the right guy to talk. Now Stevie can uh, uh, motivate this Angolan. He can guide them. Yeah. So, when you ask Stevie, why you need Lucas? I mean, I... personally i'm also on the on the fence on this one i'm like um i did say um again on one of the earlier forecasts that i would keep lucas on account of his experience he just seems like a nice guy behind the scenes and people just like him you know a bit like uh a uh, colo tore light in a, in a way <laughs> he keeps our brazilians uh, happy as well um and uh, apparently we may be targeting other brazilians as well so you know he plays all this important um soft softer side um cheerleader yeah in a way um behind the scenes kind yeah. of thing. but uh yeah at the same time we do have people there who could do that um well to varying levels of um uh, of success i suppose is what he said uh, shanks uh, shankar uh, uh, gerard uh, as i said hendo and and all these other guys so i don't know it's sad to see him go but well If he has to go he has I to would go. rather I would rather see uh, Pedro Chirivel on the bench next season than uh, yeah, Lucas That's true Yeah he had a good season at Go Ahead Eagles on loan even though they got relegated but he played almost every match That's true so I would see someone uh, like uh, Pedro Chirivel get a chance uh, even Brannagan Yeah So someone like that and uh, there's Trent Alexander Arnold I want these guys to be on the bench rather than Lucas 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially Brandon. I want to see him uh, see more Brandon in next year. He can play at least every every alternate game, ten fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Depends on position. That Brandon is is going to be a very huge player. Brandon and Trent. Uh, I want to see those two guys play a lot more next season. Yeah, yeah. You know who I want to see more of? I want to see Harry Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Harry Wilson, he's the the guy is the bomb. He's the bomb. I mean, everyone knows how much I love Trent. I think um, Trent is a second coming, and um, you know, I think you should just go and sit on Klein. That's fine. Fine with me. I'll support that. But I want to see this Harry Wilson guy. He's amazing. I'd really hope though that Shea Oyo steps up. He's just gone under the radar. He's just faded off. So hopefully that's, things work. That's surprising. I think the way he broke through really reminded me of like a second coming of Sterling. Just yeah. superb. Just pace, uh, direction, direct playing, dribbling. Just just reminded me a bit of Sterling and the way he came. Yeah, yeah. Electric player. We did. There were a lot of photos of him being involved in the first team training and all that. So um, he is he is in you know involved in that sense. Um, did read that um, the coaching staff have been telling him that you know they need to, he needs to be you know do more and take on more players, dribble more, and all these kinds of things. So, um, and he did say again um, that you know he's trying his best to take on board their inf- in advice and you know um, and, and deliver on that. So, hopefully things work out for him. I'm just reading now some very interesting news. Okay. Um, let me just go. Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe has joined Bournemouth on a free transfer. Okay, so that that Good that just that, that just broke. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, news. I think. Yeah, uh, I think he was asking some six million as a signing fee. Uh, is that right? thousand uh, per week wages. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think Bournemouth can afford that. Maybe they they are bargaining better. Hmm. Okay. Um, other news is that um, Alexis Sanchez's agents are talking about him uh, transferring to Bayern Munich. So apparently, that his agents are talking to Bayern Munich to for that transfer. So I hope I hope that means Douglas Costa frees up. That's a player yeah. I love at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And again, I speak like from personal experience, having watched him play live. He is he is super. He's he's really really electric. Great great skill. Good with both feet. I think he I think he'd be the perfect foil for Mane on the other wings. Just really good. Hey guys, let me tell you what. You know how poetic justice it would be. We've denied Arsenal a spot in the Champions League, and we do another number on them. Uh, revenge for Luis Luis Suarez going to Barcelona and us not getting Alexis Alexis Sanchez. But this time it's the other way around. We, Alexis goes to Bayern, frees up Douglas Costa, and Costa chooses us instead of going to Arsenal. How good would that be? Huh? That would be absolutely epic. And in fact, I, I saw in Twitter last week that uh, we were ready to uh, pay, ready to pay for 30, 33 million. I think his value was 33 million, mm-hmm. according to Bayern. And I think Juventus was pulled out of the deal, and we are the only people who are monitoring him and planning to buy him. Hope it happens. It will be absolutely awesome. Douglas yeah. Costa yeah. on the one side and money on the right side. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Like million for Costa is so cheap, you know. Generally, with the price of the players now, I what's think the, what's the price? Million in, in, 
What's the price? 30 odd million, I believe. Oh, that's dirt cheap, man. That's a bargain. And he's only Absolutely. like 20, 20, is it 20, 20, 20, 26, right? 26, yeah. 26. 26, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, please. I'll take two and sign a lot of chips. <laughs> plus, he, plus, he's a Brazilian, so, you know. Yes, I'm a boy. We can build a full squad of Brazilians. Oh, I see. Uh, a full, full midfield of Brazilians. You won't find any complaints from me. <laughs> okay, here's another shocker. Fat Sam has quit. Yep, Fat Sam has, qu- yeah, Fat Sam has quit Crystal Palace. <laughs> Crystal Palace? Yep, he's just quit. Oh. He may be eyeing that West Ham job. Huh? He may be that West Ham job. I think uh, he might say Glitch. You, you got to eye that, that West Ham job. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe. Okay. I just think it's time for Big Sam to retire. You know, enough. <laughs> I don't want to see him anymore. I don't I don't want to play against his teams anymore. Just, just the worst. Disgusting setups. I don't want to see it. Very, very good. I agree with that. <laughs> Maybe he's going for the for the Watford job. <laughs> hey, he's not Italian. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know who Maybe could go for that Watford job? That, that Maybe he guy. wants to go back to England. Sorry? Maybe he wants the England job once again. He wants the angel. Oh, yeah, no. No, I think they may go for that. Um, um, who's that guy? Silva, is it? Silva. Yeah, Hull City. Yeah. Marco Silva. Yeah. Marco Silva. Yeah. Marco Silva. You know, they might target him to be the to drink the, from that poison chalice that's called Watford. I don't think Hull City will go for this because Fat Sam has always been a guy who can save you from drowning, but he cannot get you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that's surprising, though. Um, that's really surprising. Um, didn't expect that he would. Uh, I mean, he's just saved them from from relegation. So, anyway. Okay. Uh, he should never have left Walton. <laughs> oh, there was, they had some great, great players. Remember JJ Okocha? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Yanakopoulos and Hiero. And Amazing. Huh? You're legends. You used to buy York F. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, all these names. Sheesh. Okay. Um, okay, guys. Um, we are going to go for a short musical break, but we will be right back. Season uh, free time. Um, is he in Sydney as well? Has he joined the lads to the to the game in Sydney? I'm not sure. Uh, let me see. Hmm. Don't know. But um, I don't know whether you guys read. But he says, you know, 
um he may, he gave uh, an interview where he says don't disrespect liverpool by joining us um just for champions league uh football um we know that um you know some of these big targets you know want um to to be assured of a, of a, of the team that they're playing for um is in in the champions league but milly is saying you know look um liverpool are are a big club uh, we've got great history a great manager a great crowd um you should be looking at more more than that do you think that's um a realistic pitch that milly is making dev dev disappear again amir yeah i think i completely agree with uh, milner sentiment uh, uh, because I, if uh, someone like cruz or modric uh, makes this with that will only come if there's champions league that's fine they were class players they have played in that so they deserve it but if someone like lacazette or uh, nabi kita these guys say that you know uh, will only join if uh, there's champions league available then i think that's wrong you should join because you want to progress you want to help the club you want to be better uh, i think that should be the motivation uh, of you joining another club mm-hmm. uh, another step you know the next step uh, you can say but if players from clubs like leon or uh, you know whatever but if a you know player from madrid or barca say that we want to join clubs who can play uh, champions league regularly that's fine i can understand that but players from uh, you know there's leons and uh, everyone else if they say we want to join uh, only because of champions league then i think that's wrong yeah i mean i think he was uh, we can also reference you know um mario mario gutta um you know he was also looking for a champions league side to 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 join as well his career has not kicked on as well i mean of course he suffered this some kind of a neural disease or some disease i'm not sure what 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 he's suffering from now but um the premier league eating disorder right eating disorder no uh, gotse right mario yeah, gotse yeah yeah some i something like that i think uh, weakness or something like that Yeah. Yeah, it's he gained so much weight. It's eating disorder. He gained so much weight. He was not able to train properly. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we know the Premier League is so so tough, so so difficult. So many teams um you know, challenging. Um and then not only the not only the 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 the, the top 6 clubs, you know, but you've all of these mid-table clubs. Um and you know, anyone can lose to anyone else on any given day um unlike unlike you know la liga or serie a or bundesliga where um uh, uh, you know where it's a little bit more cut and dried in that sense um the likelihood of 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 a much smaller team um you know causing some sort of an upset is it's much um, much lower uh you want to be you want to be in a league that's absolutely competitive is is that is that something that we are thinking and projecting on players or is that some kind of attitude that these prospective players that we targeting should have as well shankar yeah and first of all i think what you said is it's um, is true to a certain extent but uh, i don't think premier league is that tough that uh, competitive it's just a marketing pitch okay in most of the big teams loses to the lower level team because just because of they over they overestimate themselves they just lose confidence and they, they think they can easily walk over these teams and suddenly they get caught in the counter that's it 
And second thing, why this player they say all these players are saying that we want to play in a Champions League. Mm. First, we we are not a big paymasters. Mm. And the second thing is romance in football is dead. No no player want to play for a big club unless you are a Barcelona or a Madrid. Want to play a dream of playing in a bigger club. Still, Liverpool is a big marketing band, but it's, we are still a sleeping giant. We have good marketing ability, but we are still game wise. We are still a sleeping giant. We haven't won anything in the last, I think, six seven years. Our last trophy was under Kenny at League Cup. After that, we just had one good season, and apart from that, everything is mediocre season. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is these South American players. Most of them think the club like uh, Liverpool, Man City, or Chelsea, or Arsenal as a stepping stone. to move to barca or madrid they all dream of playing to barca playing for uh, barca or madrid that's it every south american guy has a dream to play for uh, madrid or barca so they think these clubs are uh, uh, only stepping stone if they have champions league i can go there and play show my talent in uh, champions league if i am good in champions league i would get an opportunity to play for madrid and barca that's the only motive first is money then we are still not glamorous enough to attract these uh, uh, talents who say they are going to play in a champions league team that's my view yeah yeah did you guys read this article um, um on the site liverpool are england's top team over the past 50 years this um survey this uh, thing that um, sky sports has done um where uh, the top 3 uh, teams uh, in england's top flight um uh, league uh, over the past 50 years and finishing right up right up top is actually liverpool followed by arsenal and uh, man united um liverpool are up there by quite a distance actually with an average position um 3.44 and then next is arsenal at 4.96 and then united at 5.08 so um we don't want to be relying on history but the history does show that um in the past 50 years um liverpool have actually topped this table um you know an, an average league position uh, you know uh, that's um surpassed everyone else and that that's something that um you know prospects um, have to have to bear in mind I don't think that's really that strong a pitch though is it right amir no 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 but yeah it, it has uh, everything to do with the past legends uh, you know we dominated the 70s and 80s and that's the main reason why we are top of the uh, you know of this list mm-hmm. and you know rafa you know he maintained that top four position for us for the 5 6 years and that may be a minor reason as well that uh, you know we are still at the top but yeah it's you know it's all about our history right now uh, if uh, those great teams of 70s and 80s wouldn't have dominated we wouldn't be uh, on this list at all okay. and i'm quite surprised that united are third i was expecting them to be second and arsenal are second so that's a surprise but it has everything to do with our you know with our history and our past great players rush dalglish tunes uh, molbies all these guys you know they deserve uh, every credit for it uh, and not the you know the newer generation or at least not the generation after 2010 yeah uh, whole credit goes to the uh, you know past players and uh, managers yeah 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 okay um there is a there's another site another um uh, article on the site called champions league equals financial win- windfall um if you haven't already uh, if you're listening to this and if you haven't already read this article please go to the site and and uh, look 
for it, Champions League equal financial windfall. Um, and basically, it, it talks about you know all the money that um, Liverpool stand to make uh, as to be, as being part of the Champions League. Of course, there's a small matter of the qualifiers to to get through first. Um, you know, so we have to get through that first. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you this, um, guys, and start with um, Aditya first. Um, now that we've qualified for the Champions League, what do you think should be our aim? in the competition? Um, that's a pretty good question, to be honest. I did think about it. Um, so I think it really depends, our aim depends upon, you know, what business we do in the summer because obviously as the squad stands, I'm not going to aim too high. Obviously, qualification uh, and ideally going out of the group is the minimum that I expect. Yep. But I think if our summer business is good, um, I, I see no reason why we shouldn't at least at least look for a quarter-final finish. Mm-hmm. I think if we do a quarter-final, I will be reasonably pleased. Of course, knowing Liverpool, if we do get to quarter-final, there's a good chance that we can go further on as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that's a reasonable target if we strengthen well, of course. If we don't, then I'd be happy, I guess, if we kind of make it out of our group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave? Dave, I don't know whether he's muted his mic or not. Um, Shankar, how, what do you think? How, how far or what should be our, our objective be for yeah, our, our, our minimum target should be the last eight. I think we can easily uh, get past those four teams in the group. Uh, we have the ability to break, uh, break down the good teams. It's only those defending teams. We have uh, some problem to break down. But even now, after seeing the last two, three games, I think we have found a way to break the defense, uh, defense of so-called pass. Uh, Champions League will be quite easy for us, I think. I think under top we can uh, progress in Champions League up to... My idea is I think we will uh, progress till last eight. From there, it depends upon our luck on the day. Uh, okay. Um, Amir, what would you prioritise first? Premier League or Champions League? <laughs> That's a good question again. Uh, I would say Champions League... And uh, I agree with uh, Aditya with his assessment that, uh, you know, quarterfinal will be a good start. At first, uh, you know, minimum will be getting out of the group. First, we have to qualify for that as well. But I think we should, uh, you know, target Champions League because uh, we are a good, you know, uh, a good cup team. Uh, You know, so I wouldn't mind getting a good run in Champions League. That doesn't mean that uh, we have to sacrifice Premier League because we'll have a strong enough squad to, you know, hopefully, to compete in both uh, the competitions. But, yeah, I would like to, you know, go further in the Champions League. Uh, we have missed that competition and uh, hopefully we'll do good and uh, shut the critics up. I'm personally, uh, again, um, I, I just made this comment, I think, uh, to Keith, I think, in this. Um, he said that he is very optimistic about our chances of going far in the Champions League and we are set up to do well in Europe. Um, and I was saying that, you know, once all the transfer activity is over and we have to make it through the small matter of making it through the qualifier and then seeing the group opponents, um, you know, we'll be better prepped to see how far we can go. Um, but personally, um, you know, I think if we can get to 
the QF, even I'm, I'm actually happy with round of 16 as well, actually, to be quite honest with you. I think the, the, the main thing for me is to solidify the work in the Premier League. For me, um, it's still that. Um, I think the success would be to qualify for the Champions League again. Um, I don't think it's going to come from winning this competition, but it's going to come from really building on the base that we have started on um, uh, in the league. You can be dead sure that City are going to go out there and throw a hell of a lot of money in the summer transfer window. Um, they've got a lot of dead weight to, dead weight to move. Okay. Um, Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, pretty good, you know, actually. Chelsea, if you look at their squad, um, other than Costa moving to China, um, and they'll get a boatload of money for him as well, you know, they're going to get the right reinforcements. But other than that, okay, with one or two other re- reinforcements, he can, you know, Conte can still play the same tactical formation and he can still do a job next season. I think they're relatively young. Um, so really it's set up, you know, well for them. Spurs are going on third season, is it, with Pochettino? Um, and I think they would put it as a real target in front of them right now, um, you know, to go all the way. And, you know, so it's going to be tough next season as well. So everyone is not staying, staying still. Everyone is going to, to uh, strengthen. Dev, are you back? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What do you uh, think? Yeah. Um, how important do you think is solidifying our position in the Premier League versus chasing after Champions League dreams? I completely agree with that. I was there listening to you. I think next season, a success would be to again get back in Champions League, qualify for Champions League, and also having a good run in CL. And for me, rather than uh, getting out of semi-final and not getting the top four, I would obviously take a top four and uh, uh, going through uh, quarterfinals. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, we are at the door of the madness that's called the summer transfer window. Um, lots of rubbish stuff that's already being posted, as we already know. Interestingly, Klopp said that um, a lot of the business has been done. I don't know what that means. Maybe they've identified the targets. That's what he means. He says that he'll be working through the window as well. Uh, they go for a holiday after after Sydney, um, but that he will be on the phone and stuff like that, doing the wheeling and dealing. Um, it's not it's not implausible that they've actually lined up their targets already and they're just trying to seal up um, some things. I did read a bizarre rumor that um, Van Dijk has actually already been confirmed. Yeah, and again, uh, there was another. There was another name here. Um, Kita, Nabi Kita, um, is also in the bag, and now they are actually um, looking to tie up um, Dolberg. So uh-huh. I that's that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know how true. Um, you, you, how much credence you put to, to these rumors. The guy who, who, who seems to be putting his credibility on the line says he, he puts his tag as, as, a, as a reporter for the, the Echo. So anyway, Twitter is full of uh, bullshitters. So who do, you, who do you want to see, who do you want to see 
um, as your top three. Okay, let me ask you this question. How many players do you think we need to sign? Aditya. Uh, that's, uh, that's a really tough one. Um, I think we need quite a few, to be honest. Uh, I think we need strengthening across the board, obviously. Obviously, um, the key positions I can see are left-back, uh, a starting left-back to be specific. I'm not going to touch on the Milner question because I really don't know what the answer is. Um, I, do, I don't want to have an opinion either, so I, I know Klopp knows best. Mm-hmm. I think we need a starting centre-back. Um, I really think we need one midfielder, a wide player. Uh, and I, I think I would prioritise a wide player over like an out-and-out striker, only because our team really doesn't have any width. Um, and on top of that, if we get like a good quality striker, I think I'll be really happy. So I'm talking about five editions overall. Um, I think that, I think that's a good number, and I think that strengthens us across the board. Okay, so who? So who? Oh, obviously. Um, so um, left back. I know there's some names being thrown out. Um, I know there's uh, Sessignon who's being talked about. Um, I know there's also Ben Chilwell. Um, I personally, my preference is uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. I, I really rate him very highly. I know he's an attacking fullback and he's not the best defensively. Do I think we'll get him? I really don't think so. But I mean, if there's a small chance that we could, he would be my number one target. But I'm not sure... I, I don't really have an answer. But in the centre-back position, I think... Um, so, I know we've been talking about Van Dijk a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's he's speaking about spending 50 million quid on him, which is a lot and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, if, it, if, if you're not in a position where we can spend so much or, you know, if it doesn't really make sense, one of the options, and I've been, like, you know, harping on about it from the start of the season, is why do we not target Nathan Ake from Chelsea? Mm-hmm. He's young. But he's really, really good. He's good with his feet. He's good with his head. He's got great positioning and he's got some pace. I really think he's going to be the, he's going to be one of the top centre backs in the world in the next couple of years. So I really think we should go for Nathan Ake. Okay. Um, one. Then I think in the midfield, um, it's an interesting one. I know Keita is being spoken about quite highly. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think Nabi Keita does look really, really good. I would be really interested if we get him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the probably in the wings, uh, I think Douglas Costa. I, I really think we can afford Douglas Costa if we're talking about thirty odd million. That's really nothing. I mean, thirty odd million for somebody like Douglas Costa is well, w- without a second doubt, go buy him. Mm. Um, I think finally in the striker department, I think I would really like Lacazette only because I know I know his time in the French league is up. He's been there for so many seasons. He's got a great record. I mean, obviously. Is a French league, but I, I don't see. I don't. I, I still think his stats speak for himself. So he's done pretty well in the Champions League as well. So I, I think those are my real picks as such. I know, sorry, that's quite a lot, but no, I, I, I really think I, I really think all of these targets are yeah, attainable. Good names, good names in there for sure. Um, on the on, the, on Lacazette, I think the club of his heart, as he so puts it, um, is quite likely to be Atletico, Atletico Madrid. Um, which is then fueling then the, the follow-on rumour that Antoine Griezmann will leave uh, Atletico and uh, then move to uh, Manchester United. Um, and in a recent interview, I think it was just yesterday, um, when asked directly, when Griezmann was asked directly... Six out of ten. Yeah, he said <laughs> uh, six out of ten. So 
it's a little bit interesting. So if Diego Simeone stays at uh, at uh, Atletico, uh, I think Griezmann will probably stay. Um, and in fact, Lacazette says that he prefers that uh, Griezmann would stay and would like to hook up with him. You know, um, as a partnership. Uh, so that that would be something. So I think this Lacazette one, I would like him as well. I've been punting for him for a long time, but this doesn't seem. The, the rumors and the, and the various surrounding news doesn't seem to be supporting that so much. Okay, Amir, I've given you one hundred million pounds. Go crazy! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, uh, I would have uh, you know I would buy Howardus from Schalke uh, at centre back. It's okay because of his leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, at left back, I agree with Aditya. Ricardo Rodriguez is good, mm-hmm. but. Again, just going forward, uh, I would try to get Sandro from uh, Juventus if it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll leave, but Sandro, you know, he's he's been superb this season for them whenever he has played. Mm-hmm. Uh, in central midfield, Akita, you have already, he's already said uh, as an alternative, alternative, I would go for William Carvalho mm-hmm. from Sporting mm-hmm. because you know he has been talked about, you know, too much recently, and uh, nothing has happened for him, no move. So I would, as an alternative, I would go for William Carvalho. At Wing, uh, I would try Forsberg from, from uh, you know Red Bull. He has been brilliant this season. Mm-hmm. So as you know, as an alternative for Douglas Costa, mm-hmm. uh, and as you said, Lacazette has his heart uh, set on the move for Atletico. I think we should go for then Angel Correa from uh, Atleti only, mm-hmm. because I don't think if Lacazette goes there, his chances will you know. Torres used to start up front for them. So, he, anyways, he was limited in his opportunities. So, I, I would try to nick uh, Engel Korea from them. Uh, he's a brilliant prospect. And uh, I think he would be the next Torres for us. If we, you know, manage to... Or even Timo Werner from uh, Red Bull. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, these, two, these, these people will be my alternative from what uh, Aditya said. I think with Red Bull is that they don't need really to sell, do they? Um, they, they don't really no, they don't. yeah that's the thing so that's interesting I yeah I think these Kita links are really interesting this Ricardo Rodriguez you know uh, I think Wolfsburg has been have been um, relegated right from a playoff they're in playoff, playoff relegation playoff. playoff so um, RR has not had a very good season though um, so hmm, interesting I've, I've raised his name a couple of times and I didn't see many see many takers <laughs> for uh, that, that, that's why I said uh, Sandro from Juventus right because yeah. he's brilliant uh, yeah. okay I know one guy whose head is full of names and he's still on the line Dev are you there <laughs> yeah sure okay tell me I've uh, given you 100 million pounds tell me you're going to Toys R Us and buy all the players that you want Kita uh, there's a Kita Nabi he's this mid- midfield player I, I really, really want him. He, he's, I guess, a perfect fit for club. He can score goals. He can. He has this. He fulfills his defensive duties very elegantly. He can press. He's a pressing machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lalana and Farmino would love to hang out with him. And uh, for defense, for uh, center back, I'm uh, kind of, to be honest, spending 50 millions on a center back scares the shit out of me. Okay. Uh, I'm still kind of apprehensive about spending 50-odd millions on a centre-back. But uh, Eric, uh, I had a conversation with him and he pretty much convinced me that uh, 
Van Dyke is an awesome center back and no doubt he is but still I have just uh, some doubts whether he can do it in a more attacking team so his alternative to me and it's quite an unpopular opinion Potnas Jensen he is in championship plays for Leeds and he is probably the best center back in championship and he is tall as tall as uh, Van Dyke and he can play on front foot foot and also Leeds uh, had Gary Monk and he employed an attacking style of play mm-hmm. and he was superb for them and i have uh, actually seen him play a lot of matches on yep absolutely he is fantastic I don't know whether he caught uh, Klopp and his uh, uh, assistants I uh, while we were preparing for the Leeds match uh, hope so and I don't think he would be really costly 20 millions should do 15 to 20 millions and for left back uh, I would love to have Ricardo Rodriguez like Aditya said but uh, I think he's off to AC Milan isn't it Yeah. and uh, his alternative for me is uh, Mendy of uh, Monaco mm. yep. he is an awesome left back i don't know whether it is possible that we can get him he might stay there and even other top teams are looking after him if we can get him uh, that that would be fantastic yeah. and also i will again agree with aditya about costa he is a superb player he is an brazilian equivalent of mane Right. Like you can't say that Mane is better or Costa is better. He is amazing winger. He has got speed. He has got skills. Assists, goals in him, and and he does press a lot. He does fulfill his defensive duty. So that's my wish list. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nabi Keita um, would also be unavailable during Afcon, isn't he? He, he plays for uh, the Guinea national team. So. Uh, that's another risk uh, factor there. i think uh, it's a bird like it happens every two season like for like our next two season there would be no afcon but even then uh, we had enough like if we can get him there and even that for one or two month periods we would still have emirate chan uh, in the team if he signs a new contract and it is imperative as amir i guess in the beginning mentioned we must uh, sign him down So I guess we can afford that for two months, but because uh, look at the bright side uh, for the two seasons uh, when he will play, he he's actually and you know uh, if there would be a human being a football philosophy, I mean like a son of Klopp's son, Nabi Kita is a guy. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Um, okay, now the thing with. with um van dyke okay um this this fee of 50 million i think southampton have come out and chickily said that even if you know they will not even accept 60 million so that that's kind of crazy by them uh, i guess it's just, just takes the ceo 60 million we are ready and yeah, you would say when should i drop him yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was just looking at his um of course this fee justification is also because of this john stones to Chelsea, um, uh, sorry, to to um, Man City, City. sorry, yeah, uh, which is forty-seven point five million pounds, uh, which they pay. So 
Obviously, if they pay this amount to, for him, that then Van Dyke would be worth more. But of course, bearing in mind there's this English player premium that plays a part uh, in John Stone's uh, fee. Now, I'm just looking at Van Dyke's injury um, history. Um, he hasn't actually had many injuries. If this transfer market injury history uh, data is correct, um, since 2011-12, um, you know he has one. He had one in, uh, injury when he was um, playing for uh, FC Groningen, and then he had uh, another one, a small one, when he was at Celtic. The longest injury now is this this current injury right now, where he's actually missed 126 days. So it's um, he doesn't seem to have a very checkered um, injury history, but the injury that he's suffering from right now. Um, it's a bit worrying, and to be spending fifty million pounds, I don't it's know. It's a bit of risk. I'm not sure. Aditya, do you think it's, it's not, worth the risk? Not, oh yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a massive risk. Um, so I, you're right. I did look up his injury record. It's also, it's not that it's not that he's had so many injuries, but it's just this current injury has kept him out for so long. I, I really I really don't think we should buy him right now and for just for the price you don't really know what you're getting you know you know there's talent there but you don't know if you know uh, for, for example like uh, Hendo he's being massively affected by injuries and not being able to play what if there's a similar situation with um, uh, what if there's a similar situation with him as well you know so I I would I would be cautious I mean if he was a little cheaper perhaps. I would consider it maybe in the range of 30 million. Mm-hmm. But for 50 million, I know there are other options available. Yeah, I, I would look for actually two other guys. I want to see, uh, sign two defenders. One is Stefan Drivic and the other one is Jonathan. I think instead of going for GVD, we can go after these guys. These guys are really good, no-nonsense defenders. And we need that kind of bet. And especially the injury record of Matip and Lavran. I don't think uh, they will last full season, especially with the Champions League and other cup games. Uh, I think we should buy two defense, uh, two defenders, central defenders. And as a fullback, I'm looking for that uh, Fulham team, Sesegnon. I, I, I don't think I'm saying his name correct. Uh, Sesegnon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that kid could be a good option, yeah. good cheap option. Yeah. And defensively, everybody is saying Kita, Kita. Why can't we go for Fabiano? Make a full Brazilian portrait uh, from Monaco, <laughs> Fabiano. Uh, I think he is already he's off to City. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I heard rumors about thirty-five million. Yeah, he would have been a good option. Yeah, you would have been a good option to Fabiano. Uh, that may be. And uh, of, of course, Douglas Costa is a must. We should go and just pay the bank money, whatever they're asking, and sign Douglas Costa. So th- th- I think they're asking 33 million for Douglas Costa. We just have to pay it and uh, uh, sign him. And also, Klopp said all the groundwork has been done. Now the negotiation part is left. We just have to negotiate and sign. That's what he said in his, in his interview. We, we have did all the groundwork. Now the negotiation part, negotiation part is left. So hopefully, I think we can some signings in few weeks. Yeah. I'm just looking at his injury what? again. It's stated what? as a malleolar injury, which is basically um, a fracture of the ankle. Yeah. So apparently, the um, I'm not sure whether he has had surgery on that ankle or not, but apparently if surgery was involved in either 
the realignment of the fracture, the reduction of the fracture, okay, um, they would experience, patients would apparently experience significantly worse function in the ankle one year after surgical treatment. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Better buy the insurance uh-huh. now, you know. <laughs> ankle insurance. <laughs> I but think maybe we can have a, you know, one of those returns policy with Southampton. I'm sure we have enough credit with them. So yeah, yeah. It could. It, um, why I mentioned this is that it could go into the. It could it go into the, into the uh, agreement, where if you were to pay, okay, yeah, fine, fine, we'll pay fifty million. That's fine. But you know, uh, there's some clauses there. You know, uh, he has to meet a certain appearance fee, uh, appearance number. Uh, if he meets this number, then okay, we you get this second tranche of of, of uh, cash or something like that. So maybe that that is something that they could they could um, they could look at to to mitigate the risk of the um, injury. Okay, guys, um, we have just about come out uh, out of time. Um, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I think it was a great show. Um, hope you enjoyed it as much as um, I did. Um, and for everyone listening in, um, hope you enjoyed that. Um, we will come back again. I'm not sure when, um, but I'm sure we'll find uh, some other things to talk about um, in the summer season. Um, uh, there'll be plenty of rumors to discuss anyway. Guys, um, thank you very much and uh, take care and uh, good night. Uh, pleasure, mate. Good night. Yeah. Pleasure. Good night. Thank you. Take care. Good night. See you soon. On the first part of the journey We had to get past the Milan But Maldini scored in Crespo Road And the shins had hit the fan Any other side would have called it quits But that's not the Liverpool way So one step DD and up step Stevie And the Reds began to play See, we went to Istanbul for the football game Where destiny called us again Three nil down the whole world I call it a day But the item counted on the Liverpool way la, la. Two goals in the attack We face began to turn red Their goal, Silvio Berlusconi Thought his boys had put it to bed But then a story got told about We just wouldn't fall We're refusing to believe we were dead You see, we went to Istanbul for a football game Where destiny called us again
it's that extra time It finally ended sweetly But they'll be praying souls And come back goals From Stevie, Paddy and Javi Paul and Jesse Nia got a set in his ear Do the jelly legs, they didn't give a cough Then Shevchenko missed And we all got pissed Cause the party had kicked right out you see, we went to Istanbul for a football game Where destiny called us again Three nil down the whole world and called it a day But the item counted on the Liverpool way 